Hello and welcome to this week's Pals Pulls. This is the Comics Pals show where we review comics. Just a few pals reviewing comics together. Uh, we're doing this on Wednesday because Black Adam releases tomorrow. So we wanted to make sure we could do this and go see the movie. If you're listening to this anywhere but live, it doesn't affect you. But uh, we've got Kale. What's up, hot dog? Tyler. Can we just do like one comic so I can finish playing Marvel Snap? Do we have to? talk about all of them or <laughs> i think we do yeah uh and i'm sean excited to talk about comics this week uh no marco again this is now the third oh i have a, a slide specifically for that during comics tag that i made a little oh tremendous ago, but it's, it's uh yeah it's it's rough it's rough yeah. but yeah it's a thing we're holding down the fort uh we've got four books on tap today we've got uh GCPD, The Blue Wall, number one. Uh, Batman, One Bad Day, Penguin, number one. The regular John Ridley fest this week. Yes. Uh, Flash, 787, which is the listener pick this week. And Miracle Man, The Silver Age, number one. I I never thought I'd picture a Sean Bartley holding a Miracle Man comic book in the year 2022. I really wish I wasn't. Wow. wow. Okay. Getting there, huh? Okay. Wow. Well, we'll get there. Um, before we do get there, as it were, I do want to let you guys know how you can find the show and support us all over the internet. Of course, we're the comics pals. You type that into Google machine, you will get us. Whether it's social media, whether it's our website, youtube.com slash the comics pals. We are all over the place. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the comics pals to watch this show live. Uh, that is 6 p.m. Thursdays Eastern every single week. Saturdays at 10 15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. Uh, this week we're actually gonna have a guest. We're gonna be having uh a Wave Blue Worlds Tyler Chin Tanner. He's the I guess CEO publisher over um, there. Sean, are we all all five of us gonna be here? Uh are, are we? No. Okay, good. I don't have to make another overlay. That's all I need to know. <laughs> it's more behind the scenes stuff, but I figured I asked now before I forgot. All right, um, we'll we'll peek behind the kimono there. Yeah, have we? Ha- I mean, have you never had to do a five person layout? I mean, every time we've had the potential for a five person layout, one of us is gone. So no, I haven't. Funny. Yeah. Um, well, you will soon. Uh, Patreon.com slash the comics pals, where for as little as three dollars a month, you can support your boys and you get some pretty cool stuff out of the deal. Uh, we've got a newsletter that we shoot out every single week. Um, we've got a show, an exclusive show called Palling Around, where a few pals just hang out and talk shit, pretty much. Uh and uh or, or pointlessly argue. That too, which I we I realize that like in reflection. My boy Marco was off the rails because he was he talking was, about, yeah. He was saying, he literally, okay, y'all got to sign up for the Patreon and y'all have to back <laughs> us up because he was saying exactly what we were saying. Thank you, dude. I, I feel, vi- if you if you think that, then I feel vindicated because I was like, Sean, was I being a douche? Like, I Sean, thought, also, I thought I, I thought I made a non controversial statement, but no, you guys were saying the same shit. Right. Except Mark, like, Marco took it, uh, an extra 30 minutes and- yeah like <laughs> like i eventually i stopped listening but i stopped listening long enough that i had to come back around and it was like what are you saying for context we talked about music on this week's edition of palling around so if you want to hear the totality of that conversation and the argument that was a non-argument you can add on over to patreon and uh give that a listen uh, so let's jump into the reviews. We'll start with GCPD, the Blue Wall. It's really a DC week uh, this week. Mm. Um, Just how I like it. Oh uh, yeah, it was gonna be uh, a full DC week, and then I was like, "Can we do Miracle Man, please?" <laughs> and that was the right decision. Okay, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. What was the book we were gonna read instead? Oh, Rogues. another Batman book. Really? No, it was Rogues. Or, I know it was Batman. I I I I kiboshed Batman last week. That's what it was. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so this is by uh, John Ridley, the aforementioned John Ridley. Uh, Stefano Raf- Raphael on art. Uh, new to me. I don't think I've seen this person's art before. 
Uh, Brad Anderson on colors, definitely not new to me. And then, uh, yeah, that's the team. So where, where's the letterer? This is weird. Letterer, uh, not credited. Ariana Maher. Oh, Maher. Okay. Uh, she's on the she's on the inside. They are on the inside. Okay, yeah. Definitely, on the, definitely on the give, cover. give them credit because there's a lot of letters in this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so this is a book that um, I didn't know what to expect from. I guess like mm. I I knew that the story would be about the GCPD, obviously, but I didn't know how it would play out. Um, John Ridley, I think, is talented, but I do think, at least from the stuff that I have read, which admittedly hasn't been everything, I have fallen off of John Ridley's work. When I started to read Ridley, I thought, okay, here's a guy who clearly knows how to write, clearly can write, is talented, mm -hmm. a, a successful in other avenues, but I felt like there was still some learning for how to write comics. Um, sometimes a little too wordy it, for me, overwrought, um, just not really hitting the way that comics need to hit. This book, though, I think is more Ridley Speed in the sense that it's a book that features more grounded stuff, very, very street level, so street level that, you know, there's no Batman. Um, it really reminded me of The Wire in terms of the way that it looks at police work and cops from a black a, a gray uh point of view it's not all cops are bad but it's also not hey cops are the best people on earth and screw you if you disagree and i think that mm. ridley expertly uses the discourse around policing over the last i mean realistically like over the last 40 years but more more um, pointedly over the last 10 years to tell what I thought was a really, really good story. I loved this. This was my pick of the week. I don't feel like it went quite far enough for me, at least at this point. Mm. Um, I, my, the, the thing I kept coming back to with it was like, uh, so you know we follow this young police officer who uh gets herself in in uh, a, uh an incident where she might uh, uh have to shoot you know uh, a young a young black man mm -hmm. um and uh she doesn't and she is hailed as like a, a hero, you know, by the media and the and and the department wants to, you know, put her out there as a cop who did the right thing or whatever. And I think, uh, like, I, I I I like that part of it, but I think what bothers me about it is that it doesn't it doesn't go all the way in saying why they want to make her a hero. Like, it's just there for you to know, like. Yeah, she's a hero because she didn't kill this kid. But to me, there's no, there's nothing on the opposite ground, you know. When you say when you say opposite ground, what do you mean? It just it uh, like there was no there was no real. Uh, example i guess of someone who had killed a kid or no you know because this is gotham right like in theory this stuff doesn't happen here why not i mean i, I would assume because because batman's there i i just you know it, to me it's not what i would assume I guess mm. that as far as like the, you know, the GCPD goes anyway. Um, but there was no, there was nothing to counterbalance her good guyness, you know, and what they were trying to celebrate. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the book relies on you having context for the conversation around policing in the United States. Yeah, and I think sure. that if you don't, then for whatever reason, if you don't, then yeah, I think there will be lost stuff. But I think you kind of do have to just say, well, they're playing off of the reality of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I, for me, for me, what made that interesting was, you know, you said they don't give you a reason why they wanted to make her a hero. I think what made that interesting is that, well, they do because they need a counterbalance. They need they need a way to hoist someone up as, hey, this person breaks the what what the public perceives to be the norm of what police do. And that's something that they do talk about in the book where it's like, you know, there's a bad narrative around police. When Montoya is giving that speech, um, she she talks about that to the to the cadets. And it's so inspiring to them for her to say, hey, people think we suck. It's our job to not suck despite the public perception. And I love the way this book takes us through Renee's journey of saying this stuff, meaning it, but knowing that it's not, it, it, it doesn't matter because mm. there are bad cops. And I think the book does show us that in subtle ways. Here's a great example. What I thought was a tremendous moment. After Renee Montoya gives her speech, she's being thanked and congratulated. Everybody around her looks like a demon. I'll show the page. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Those are all bad people. I'm assuming they're well. They're they're bad. They, they're badged up, so they're cops. They're all bad. I think we can make assumptions about them, and project all of our negative feelings on police onto that. Hmm. Hmm. I, I yeah. I, I guess I didn't okay. see that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. For me, the um. This should have been renamed uh, GCPD, the Blue Wall of Text. Um, <laughs> I quite literally fell asleep. Mm. I headbutted my iPad. I fell asleep on top of it. And I, the, the, the jolt of me hitting the, the cold uh, glass of my iPad is what woke me up. Um, I thought this is all talking heads. With literally two, maybe three pages of actual action. Um, and because of that, I thought it was boring. I thought uh, wow. Renee, Renee was fine. Fine. I like Renee. You know, I've always liked Renee as like as like the question, you know. I like when her queerness yeah. is, is, is a, an actual part of her character. Um, mm -hmm. uh, which is not even touched in this. That's not um, true. It definitely is. Where, where uh, if it was, it's probably the part where I fell asleep. Um, she, she, when she's speaking to Parker, uh, or Park rather, uh, she says to her, "I always hoped something to the effect of I always hoped that or thought that what I did as a police officer or the other things that I've done in my life that are different would inspire people or bring them hope." Something to that effect. It's a direct reference to her queerness. Also, I would say this, that this seems very parked. <laughs> yeah. oh, say whatever you want. I think that that's what that was. What do we know her for? I know, but you're thinking it. You know what I mean? Like that. That's it's. It's not stated. Like. Okay. I mean, fine. Um, the, the thing. The thing that I'm also known for, with no context to. <laughs> What's going on? If anyone else is reading this who's never read Renee Montoya before, they'd have no idea. All right, it's issue one. Um, which I'm hoping, like, yeah, it's issue one. Maybe they can get to it. I don't know. I had I found this to be unenjoyable. Mm. Um, and wow, full on unenjoyable. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Wow. This, yeah. That's weird. Um, <laughs> That's it's funny. so weird. It's funny. Like, I've tried a lot of Ridley, John Ridley. I can't get into it. I can't do it. Like I appreciate the 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 POV he has. He has a very specific POV that's very um, that follows him and th through his work, especially at DC um, with this and I am Batman. He, it's that's what it's called now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it's just not what I'm interested in reading. You know, like if. I, I don't know. Maybe if you're going to tell this story, uh, Gotham just seems like this 
almost so so fake it's unbelievable kind of city. You know what I mean? Like, it reminds me of like like the what city? You ever watch Seven, Sean or Kale? The the movie? Yeah. 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 What's do you, do? Is, do they ever say what city that is that they're in? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's like this 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 city that is just the worst city in America. You know. We're like, I don't know, I, I, maybe if you're going to tackle this, tackle it from, like, a real everyday, you know, an actual city that you can talk about. I don't know. I just found it keep, boring. Keep political commentary out of my superhero books. Well, no, there's it, no superhero in this book. It's a it, GCPD yeah. comic. You're complaining because it's in Gotham. Yeah, because in my head, like, Gotham's shit. Everyone is shit there. It's so shitty that none of it feels real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel. To me, this felt like a, a, all, I, I'm not gonna say that this is boring because I did enjoy it, but compared to Gotham Central, this felt like a boring Gotham Central. Maybe that's what it is. I'm a huge Gotham Central guy too. Like I love Renee and that, you know, Christmas Allen and that. Like they were characters in this. It where... it felt, it felt weird that they didn't mention batman like they mentioned the joker two-face shows up too yeah well and two yeah two-face shows up up. but i don't know that felt weird (laughs) uh let's let's talk about the art um that's good that i got out of it that that was like all right this is i i enjoy this although this fornia's cover that i have on screen i don't know if you see it sean oh yeah did you see that in the shop? They didn't have that. I didn't Damn. see that one. Damn. Maybe they had it and I didn't catch it. But um, yeah, I, I thought the art was really, really strong. Uh, I really enjoyed the I, I felt like the characters felt like they looked. I don't know how to how to describe it. Like I felt I felt like I was watching television. Um, I, I, I just thought like, go ahead, Kill. Was it like the the close ups? Like yeah. in that in in that Renee Park yep. conversation, they do a uh, uh, close up uh, that I didn't like, but mm. I think almost every they do it once or twice, but almost everything else uh, I I liked and I I thought really worked. That's a good point because there are a lot of those close up shots. Like if I, I just scroll through the pages on Comicsology, like literally just scroll through them real quick. It's a lot. Yeah. It's all heads. Here's a head. Here's a face. Here's a closer face. Here's another head. Like this feels like a TV, uh, like a made-for-TV sort of situation going on, which would kind of track with what Ridley has done. Um, this guy, guy's written for film previous to this. Um, and, but like I can't, I can't fault the art for that. That's a writing problem. It's you know, if the script says two people at a diner talking. Really I, 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 I think that's a really unfair criticism to lob at a book because like if the book is if the book is talky like you don't like the talkiness but to say that a comic has to have action in it like that's not that's just not a I'm not saying it has to have action in it I'm saying it has to not just be faces like, like the character should be doing something like human target what 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 small wooden Tom King can do in that is there is a lot of talking in that book. That entire book is people being interrogated by the human target. It's talking, but there is stuff still happening. This is sedentary. There is no movement. Yeah. Um. Nothing. That, I don't know. I could have watched a master class, and the person doing the master class would have had more movement than this comic. Um, I don't know. I just this is like if I want like especially I think I read um I read this right after I read the Flash, which is like a surprisingly a wrestling comic book. Um, and I go into this, and it was like uh, I almost made a really really messed up uh, analogy to what happened in AEW last night, but uh, it's knocked me out. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right yeah fair enough i i this is my book of the week i say pull i think it was awesome i can't wait to see where this story goes i'm interested i uh 
I I say pull. It has it has a weakness. It has some 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 weaknesses, but I still say pull. I I did enjoy it. I'm being harsh, um, which I recognize, uh, but also like I would not pull this. But if somebody says, "Hey, by the end of the, how many issues this is, whatever," it, it turned out to be very good as a whole, then maybe it could work as a trade. Am I crazy? Is it is it only one of two? One of two. Uh, that I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I don't see that in the on the cover or anything. I'm not sure. Where did I get that? Okay. All right. God, I hope not. Because that that <laughs> I was also sitting here going, what are they going to do in two issues? <laughs> I hope that's not the case. That's uh, that's not nearly enough time. Um. So let's talk about Batman One Bad Day Penguin number one. So this is another John Ridley book uh, with art by Giuseppe Comuncoli. Uh, layouts, I should say, by uh, Comuncoli. Uh, finishes by Cam Smith. Rob Lay on the letters. Um, so this is the third One Bad Day book that we've gotten so far. Uh, we've had the Riddler one, the Two-Face one, and now we're up to Penguin. And this is this is a you know uh, rise to power story, pretty much. Penguin mm-hmm. is usurped by I interpreted it as one of his old loyal people, the dude who held his umbrella. <laughs> um, yeah. And he gets betrayed, but no one cares to help him or tell him that this is coming because no one likes the penguin. Not because. And I, and I like that the book does this, not because Penguin is necessarily like intimidating or because he's ugly or because he's impenetrable, just because he doesn't treat people well. He's just a bad dude towards other people on an emotional level. And it ties that into um, it ties that into his his own feelings about being bullied as a kid and how that changed him as a person. And it adds interesting depth and layers to the penguin. Like I could have assumed that all that was true, that he was bullied as a kid and stuff like that. Um, And I'm sure they've addressed it at different points. But the way it was presented here, the way it ties into penguin trying to build back his empire and the kinds of people that he recruits to do that. I thought this told a really, really effective story. I love this. I enjoyed this. I think this was a very strong penguin story. Yeah. My problem with this is that I don't see it hitting the premise. Agreed. Yes. And that's something that I, I wanted to talk about too, yeah. This and this is if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the second book like this that no, this is only the third one. This this uh, is the third I was going to I was going to I was going to say this is the second book that does this and kind of goes against the idea maybe i'm wrong but this is like actually a pretty good day for the penguin like yeah what <laughs> i i think like the ridley must have read like oh he had one bad day already cool i'll tell what happens afterwards I'm like no no no, no. i want to know yeah what led like to I- it yeah well i haven't read the riddler one but the two-face one Still? breaks that convention i know right the Two-Face one breaks that convention as well. I think they. I think where DC got tripped up, it's not so much the writers misunderstanding okay. the imp- the uh, the premise. I think it's DC giving us the wrong premise. I think from a marketing standpoint, DC is saying this is the one bad day, just like the Joker had one bad day. This is us showing you that that one bad day. But I think what writers were told was go and write a great story for this character that could stand sh- shoulder to shoulder with the killing joke. That's what I, that's, I think the discrepancy. I, you could be right. I, you know, obviously we have no proof either way. However, you got to read the Riddler one. <laughs> like uh, that being the first one sets the tone for these. Do we know what the last and, one is? 
We do, but I personally don't. Like, no, I don't the, know right the now. The Kelvy Catwoman one or something like that, or not sure. Yeah, I still got to read that one. Um, I, I wish, though, that they would have, especially because DC knows what they got. You know, I'm sure they knew what they got from at least the writers on pitch before they ever solicited or told us that this was happening. So once you know what the writers are giving you, why don't you just kind of tell Fix us it. about it in a different <laughs> way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I do think this is a quality uh uh penguin story i am a penguin but only to the degree that like you know <laughs> i think he's cool in the movies and the the animated series right Sean, like, sorry you uh your audio cut out right after you said penguin so it said i am the penguin and then you just kept going <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm funny a, it made like a distortion noise so you went wah, wah. <laughs> imagine uh yeah so i I, I I'm I'm a person who would like to see more good Riddler stories or gosh penguin stories. I would I like to see more good those. penguin stories, yeah. but they don't That's come around I, that much. I'd so, like to see good Riddler stories. Well, we we just did the 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 Tom King. Um, I think Riddler Riddler is a character who has uh, benefited a lot more from quality writing than the Penguin. At least in my I'll experience, I want yeah, Jim Carrey to write a Riddler story. Sorry, Tyler. I want some Jim Car- Carrey Riddler to come back. That's oh, tell me about it, dude! I just watched the number twenty three the other day, which is one that of my horror favorites. movie with Jim Carrey. Yes, and it was directed by Joel Schumacher, which I did not know. Is it really? What? Oh, yes. I might need to watch this now. Yeah, that's Wait, you've never be a seen. Watch. You've no, never I seen haven't. the number twenty three. No. No. Oh, dude! Please, I like horror. I don't like. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know what that was to be honest. First of all, it, it's fair to call it a, a psychological thriller than That's a horror movie. Was, yeah, yeah, because there's not really any like particular horror elements. There's a lot of sex, which seems random, but it's Joel Schumacher. It's 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 very stylish, surprisingly so. Once I because I've seen this movie many times, but once I noticed that it was ju- sorry, you see it twenty three times yet? <laughs> no, oh god, I can't because then something bad could happen. Oh, okay. um, so that's what the movie's about. Sorry, random tangent. Uh, let me go to the the highlighted message. Topical to Palace Pulse. I actually picked up King Spawn number one from volume one from the library and could not get through issue two. How you guys covered it for months? I'm impressed. <laughs> King Spawn was the one we liked, or the uh, one I liked. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Yeah, it, King Spawn was, in my opinion, was the best one. It's vindication for me. We King Spawn looked good, looked good. That was our, that, uh, we've been hurting for views. We're gonna have to bring Spawn back. <laughs> our numbers were a lot better on the show when we reviewed Spawn. That's all I'll say. Where, where was um, our uh, our mental state though? So give I was enjoying I, it. Yeah, I was having I was having a great time. Man, that 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 uh, forced my life to go. My life has gone downhill since we talked about Spawn. <laughs> I was gonna say you might uh, you might give it another try. <laughs> Let's talk about penguin. Um, yeah. Do you mind if I go ahead? Put put my uh, my, my two cents here. Throw my uh, feather in, in this cap of this discussion. Um, I love Giuseppe Camicoli. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big Camicoli fan. Uh, the stuff he's doing with Snyder in uh, Undiscovered Country is very good. It's a little wacky, um, but it's inventive and it's fun. Um, I loved what he did with the Superior Spider-Man. Um, this is fine. This is kind of fine across the board for me. Um, this is one of those things where, um, like, uh, nothing to write home about. You know, I'm not, I'm not writing a nice, uh, mm. strongly worded letter to my to my parents back home in cursive on a a nice uh, peach a piece of uh, parchment and mailing that to them, telling them how much I love John Ridley writing about the Penguin doing traditional Penguin stuff. Um, I thought my favorite huh. part about this was the fact that the person that took down the penguin was his the guy who just held his umbrella the whole time, like the guy that you know he was he was kind of stewing and waiting for his moment to strike. But like we never get that story; we only get the fallout from that. 
and it's years later. Like, that would be a bad day. Yeah, and I feel like that's a good story too. You know, um, <clears throat> this just feels like this feels like a sequel to a better story. <laughs> it, I like that. Sort of the theme was that idea of like. I don't know. It's like, yeah, that idea that like a, a good businessman can trade up or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he starts with a, a gun with one bullet or whatever, or three bullets. Starts with 20 bucks. Starts with 20 bucks and then he gets a gun with one bullet. That's right. And then he figures out how to get a gun with three bullets and then he gets a henchman and, and then, then he gets, gets two henchmen. A really tall woman who just takes the money and leaves. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh but and and that was a really effective tool I I thought. Um but it, but yeah, that's Is it like one of those like uh like Facebook videos you see like oh I sold up my um $20 into a car, you know, like I just kept yeah. trading and trading. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it it sort of makes sense for the penguin, I think. Like to a certain degree. Yeah. I, I like the idea that Penguin is a good, like he's a gen- genuinely a good businessman. I kind of like yeah. the idea of yeah. especially certain villains. And I think Batman villains are, are prime among them where like, if they didn't have whatever trauma it is that they have that makes them bad, they'd actually be really good at something. Like the Riddler would be phenomenal at solving crime, which is one of the only things that the Gotham television show did differently that I thought was compelling. Um, uh, you know, Penguin would be a great businessman. Harvey was a great lawyer. You know, um, I like that. And I think, you know, again, Ridley does tap into that aspect of Penguin's character here, too, that I like. You're right. The Penguin is a good businessman. You know what? We need something like that. Someone like that in office. You know, I think the Penguin should run for, like, president or something. That's how the country should be run. That's happened in Gotham. I'm sure he's run for mayor or something. Oh, that is uh, the premise of Batman Returns. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so I was right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then I was right. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, I like that. That's where his dad's Pee Wee Herman. Okay, yep. Towards the end, when the Penguin and the Umbrella Man are fighting, and we see Penguin just rage out, that was that, was, that cool. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. <laughs> you got a thought stuck there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this this reminds me of uh like a a, a Batman the animated series episode. Fair. And yeah. I feel like I feel like I said that last week too about something. There was a reference. Yeah. But yeah, this again, this really I really felt it again. Like this feels like one of those off offbeat ones where Batman's just kind of, you know, in the wings or whatever. You <laughs> you feel him. In the wings. Yeah. Um I'm I, I say pull this so I'm one for one uh on these one bad day books. I gotta read Riddler. Uh Proof of concept, maybe the Riddler achieved that. So far, I don't think the other ones have. I think if you could have had... I think if you could have had five more pages, then this story would have addressed Tyler's concern about not seeing the betrayal. I kind of think that the book is better if you you do see it um, in a more fleshed-out fashion. Like, if if the first five pages were a prologue that showed you Umbrella Man taking Penguin out of the equation... Um, because that's as far as I'm aware, that's not something that actually happens anywhere. That's just you know something that's here. Yeah. Uh. So I, yeah. But also, if I, if you need a prologue for your one shot, you don't really understand the one shot too well. I don't think you need it. I loved it, Agreed, but I'm yeah. saying to address your concern, sure. I kind of like the idea of <laughs> the penguin just going around being nice to people, though. Yeah. I I I think that. Showing the penguin in a way that's not the way we always see him yeah. is better for this type of thing than just showing what we always see. The two-faced story we railed against because 
we duh yeah two face sucks <laughs> this one i think was better because it showed us more of the penguin than we normally yeah. see yeah pull for the story don't pull for the concept oh before we get out of this segment cuz i'll never have the opportunity to do this again this book had legitimately one of the most horrifying images i think i've ever seen uh, in a comic. Uh, let me see if I can find it real fast. It's whenever the penguin is trying to or rather when, when the Umbrella Man is speaking to the guy who gives the penguin the money. Uh, the guy the guy, yeah, who, the blonde guy, Johan. Yeah, I think it's during that conversation. There's a shot of that guy's and his teeth are oh, sorry? so hard. His teeth? <laughs> okay. His teeth are horrifying. Uh, and again, your audio cut out at the weirdest time again. Yeah, it did. What did it sound like I said? It said, uh, and this guy was showing his blank. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys see that? It's really, really small. Uh, right there. I'm pointing to it on camera. It's a small panel of this, this guy, and nope. his teeth are just horrifying. Nope. Kevin Cole, you can't see it at all? No, not really. Not, not really. Kevin Cole is think good he's, at, at that, though. I think he's British, if that helps. Oh, boy. Well, you, you live there. You're allowed to say that, right? I mean, listen, that's not even a stereotype. <laughs> wow. Uh, socialized healthcare. No, no, no. Listen, let's it move, ain't socialized dentistry. Let's move on to Flash. So this is the listener pick this week. This is Flash 787. Oh, Boy, yeah. that's a big number. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> Adams on the on the uh, the pen here writing, Fernando Passerin on pencils, uh, Matt Ryan doing the inks, Jeremy Cox on colors. Um, this is a it feels like a pretty self contained want done in one flash story. Yeah. Um, that if you can't figure out by the cover, features wrestling. Uh-huh. Uh, l- last week we did do a power bomb. We read that and this week. Uh, we're reviewing another wrestling comic. Um, now you want to talk about a script that is wordy. This, this for me was, I could not, there's just no way I'm going to read that much dialogue. I'm sorry. But you like, did GCPD. Yeah. You know why? Cause the GCP dialogue was actually interesting. and had something to say. This is a random story about wrestlers and a tremendous amount of fill-in dialogue for characters we'll probably never see again. Tons of expository dialogue for a story that's not going to matter. Uh, announcers who are talking way too much. There's just too yeah. much. too Way too much. It's supposed you know to be what? fun. I had a blast. Here's, I fucking love this. <laughs> here, Sean, can I, can I, um, when you say it doesn't matter, what do you mean by that? Uh, so we get a whole backstory for this intergalactic wrestling organization and all the drama with them and stuff like that. And this is from what I can tell again, I don't know this to be a fact, but from what I can tell, this is a one and done story. So we won't see these characters again. So the whole middle of the book is just explaining what these characters are about, but they I mean, this is it. We're not going to see them again. So why do I need all this? I would have had a lot more fun if it's just like this crazy thing that happens and the Flash has to solve it and him and his tag team partner have a blast doing that with as little expository dialogue as possible because it didn't make me connect to the story anymore. Fair. I'm not here for that. I'm here for the Flash. For me, yeah, it was I like- probably... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you you go, Kel, because you're, you're you're probably more of a Flash guy than, than the two of us. Um, this felt like old DC yeah. to me. This felt yeah. like like Jeff Johns Flash to me. Um, I would I was thinking man, like Mark if, Wade's in my head. Yeah, Mark Wade too. Yeah, uh, that era, you know. Um, like not stuff that doesn't matter because like. Wally's very clearly going through something and I don't know if it was just that you know in that opening page when he you know his kids 
wake him up and he goes to get him breakfast and put the TV on for him and he falls asleep on the couch. I don't know if it was just that I related to that. <laughs> you know, when the flash went, I'm just tired, man. <laughs> I, I don't know that. if I don't know if I saw that maybe in myself a little bit and I went, listen, maybe I'm a Wally West fan. To, to add context, the solicitation does say that this is post-Dark Crisis. Sure. So this is like like him reeling from that the effects of that. You wouldn't tell. You couldn't tell from this, though. Listen, I, he's the fucking Flash. I bet he's tired. Yeah. <laughs> like. If he doesn't need a whole um, three pizzas after, you know, doing anything. He's going to be tired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he had sort of, you know, this sort of background thing going on that was very relatable. And then all of a sudden he's wrestling uh, with a purple guy. I probably didn't pay as much attention to the you know those bits of the dialogue, but you know, like Sean said, like yeah, I don't really need to. I thought it was clever that they they sort of uh, introduced the the idea that the the guardians chase the wrestling federation. I thought that was funny. Mm. Yeah. And it, I, like that book, I would read. <laughs> that one shot, I would read. I don't know if I'd read a whole book, but I had a great time. I thought this was real fun. I'm uh, I'm gonna get into Jeremy Adams Flash. I think. So I'm I'm I would say I'm probably like eighty percent in Kale's side here. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I thought like. Like when you when you say like it doesn't matter like will we ever see these guys probably not maybe down the line maybe they don't Doubt even it. know if we're gonna see them again you know what I mean like yeah um and I kind of like how like old comics this felt you know like mm-hmm. I didn't have to, I don't have to know anything else I don't have to keep reading um, I can if I want like this is perfect comics for like if somebody was in the shop and they picked up the this book off the shelf because oh it's the Flash in a wrestling ring which never actually happens in the book. Um, can they get all they want out of it? Yeah, they can. And that's what I liked about it. It was just like old school comics for me. Oh, even got the fucking, the flash looking at the reader. Yep. Reaching yep. out to them. That's, cl- that's, that's, cl- that goes, that's silver age flash is what that is, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, this was my, this was my pick of the week. No, I mean the Discord seemed really hot on this flash run. They've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. My, my only I, my only knock would be like the art is fine. You know, it's not trying to do anything revolutionary. Like especially we we read do a power bomb last week. Like I know what what uh, mm. wrestling and comics can look like, um, and that juxtaposed with this, it's fine. You know, even the moves they choose to pick in this, they aren't, you know, it's clotheslines and power bombs and drop kicks. It's nothing fancy. There's no, you know, uh, 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 burning hammers in this book, but uh, that's probably my only knock on it. But I, I was generally pretty, pretty positive to it. Yeah. Uh, Passerin, uh, Fernando Passerin, uh did some of um, Detective Comics. Pretty sure that was when uh, Gordon was Batman. Uh, So that was a while ago now. And uh, some Green Lantern stuff, too. And I I was reading both of those at the time. And I remember uh, reviewing those books for another website and feeling like the page layouts were very generic. That was my criticism at the time. Um, That there was just kind of no dynamicism to the layouts to the shots that were chosen um it just didn't add there's never any like flair um and i think i still feel that way i think that it's like it looks fine there's nothing outright there's nothing bad at all about Mm -hmm. it but i i think from a visual standpoint it's just not that exciting for a character like the flash when i think of him i obviously you know you think of constant movement which he gets hit constantly in this book that was (laughs) making me really mad but um it's kayfabe sean yeah yeah uh just very like basic panel decisions and and that was kind of yeah. uh, a bummer i did like the one uh clothesline it was called the cold shoulder and it was like a frozen cold cold clothesline and i was like oh okay that's cute that'll slow the flash down i guess yeah 
Uh, I, I would say pass. It, it's, it's inconsequential. And you have to like a certain style of comics to enjoy this. I happen to not enjoy that style of comics. Um, I say pull. What style of comics do you mean? Uh, I think it's a throwback. I think it's a throwback to, you know, uh, like you mentioned, a Silver Age style of book where it's one and done. It's the titular character in a wild adventure um, that has a ton of words that you don't have to read, but the art's not strong enough to carry that. So, like, if you were deciding, hey, I'm just going to not read that because it's too much dialogue, you're not going to be over overly blown away by the art. Um, so that's really all I mean by that. Yeah. Not for me. That's fair. Yeah. I, I love this. Pick of the week. Uh, let's get on to Miracle Man number one. Uh, so, yeah. so the Silver Age number one. Uh, this is... Uh, this is um, <laughs> Oh, it's book. Sorry, it's book five. Well, it says issue one. It says yeah. issue one on the cover, but then when you open it, it says book five. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, it's, it's a thing. It's also it also says issue one on the cover, and this book also has the Marvel Legacy numbering, so it's Legacy yeah. number twenty three. So good fucking luck. That is where my confusion begins, but it's certainly not where it ended. Uh, this was written by Neil, Neil Gaiman. With art by Mark Buckingham, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Todd Klein. Um, I'm going to let someone Belair else on colors. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let someone else talk about this. I Why? so I I have nothing good to say. Yeah, Kale. So this was remade. Um, I believe they had us. This was the, right, the next yeah. issue of Miracle Man that never came out. Buckingham had pages for it that weren't colored or anything. Gaiman, the script was already done. Um. Buckingham then, when this was announced, decided, hey, I'm redoing everything I did. He redrew everything. Um, they didn't rewrite the book because there's literally a, a nod to uh, the Twin Towers. This is like pre-9-11, yeah. though. So. Yeah. A couple, yeah. It was um, wild. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe, maybe you could backtrack from that one, maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a continuation. And so um, f- uh, full transparency, I've never read Miracle Man. I've read I've, bits in uh, when I was doing my comics degree, like not a ton. I, I read, yeah. I think, one or two of these pivotal issues they mention here. Sure, but yeah, nothing. Um, I, I I've probably read more articles about Miracle Man than I've read Miracle Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I feel like there was enough here to like get me situated. Like, I think the whole premise of this book being, um, uh, uh, is it uh, Young Miracle Man, uh, uh, Miracle Man Junior? I forget exactly what it is. I think I um, think this one is yeah, Young Miracle Man. Yeah, this one was this one was Yim. Yeah, exactly. The, bl- yep. the blue one is, mm, and the other one was Kim. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, you heard. Oh boy, that's okay. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I like that the whole premise of the book is young Miracle Man is coming out of this. He's being reborn, really, and it's and it's now he's reborn in the present day. It's two thousand three, I think, um, which was yeah. the future then. What yeah. um, is our past now? Which is a little wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff going on. Um, and it's Miracle Man kind of getting him situated. Like the world is full of heroes now. Um, how do you get this guy from the sixties, you know, up to speed with what the modern day is? Um, even then, like Miracle Man, like Young Miracle Man's, like I don't know what's going on. This woman's barely wearing any clothes. There was a, he's like, oh no, there's a black person I shook hands with. You know, it, it's it's a little rough, but um, the 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 part that I like, and, and it's what I've what I've always been interested in Miracle Man is, is that it's a little darker. It can get a little darker. Um, and the part where 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 Young Miracle Man's like, all right, just keep me give give me everything. I want to know everything. Don't candy coat it for me. And then Miracle Man sits him down and tells him the shit, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> that's this is uh, this is interesting." Um, I thought this was great. Uh, the Buckingham art is fantastic. Um, it is like just like classic Buckingham. Um, 
and Jordy Blair on, on colors. I mean, I, the pages I've seen of Miracle Man, um, I mean, Jordy wasn't doing colors for all I know, you know, back when Miracle Man was originally coming out. Well, it wasn't um, even born. Yeah. A coloring book. Uh, but <laughs> um, it, it, it is it is a modern coloring that harkens back to the past. And I, I, I like this a lot, honestly. I thought it was gorgeous looking. I thought it was fun. I thought the designs were real interesting. Um, yeah, I had fun with it. I to be honest, I I started having trouble uh, in the beginning, right? Because they give you the um, the spiel on the on the uh, uh, the credits page, and I started with well, that, I and I went. Yeah. I started well. I started with that, and I went woof. Okay, but then they drop you into this world with these other characters. That I, I, who the hell are these people? I, I attack I tackled this like I would an Astro City comic. You know, we're like throw me an immediate res like and I'll had, I'll try and figure it out. And had I thought of that, yeah, that would have been uh, uh well, that would have helped. But then I got into the the kid miracle man stuff, you know, where he turns and I went, Oh right. Yep. That's what I like about I this. I gotta read that. I gotta read that. I gotta figure out what that is. It, yeah, that shit is messed up um so uh yeah and 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 then you know he has uh gaiman gives you know young young miracle man dicky uh he oh that was a weird phrase i could have uh done better you want to try one uh, again? the kit ca- the character's name is dicky sure um it, he gives him this real genuine emotional moment that uh, you know it, he just he really breaks down the sobbing and i i really took a second with that because it felt childish yep and then i went well yeah the dude's like 12 <laughs> um and he powers down I, so, too which i thought was real real good yeah real powerful um so that worked for me i'm I'm interested to see what this is and where it goes. I I have issues with what this is, what this issue is. Um, the uh, that credits page, like I I don't think we needed that because they give us the story. Like this whole issue is that story. I can't like confirm be, that you don't need it because I didn't read it. Uh, uh, like I don't know what a new script here would be you know you know like I read the credits page and then I feel like I read it all again so what am I reading here I would like some progression I guess you know soon pass you didn't talk about it I don't want to. <laughs> no, I want to hear you talk about it. I'm curious. Uh, all right. I mean, I, I really, 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 really have been exhausted by Marvel's attempts to get me to read Miracle Man. And I decided years ago that I don't care. Um, they've been they've done it to the point where it's like, wow, you made me not care about a character that I've never even read about before. Because they keep pumping it. And this, I felt like I was supposed to care about these characters, but I don't have any context for them whatsoever. And so I didn't care. The fact that it's, the fact that it's like sort of, that, that it's sort of new, but sort of not also threw me off. Um, I, I, I don't care. I don't like I I've I've very rarely have I read a comic book um that I just found myself completely not caring about anything that was happening. There were times when I thought it was a little creepy. Uh there were times when the race elements were a little bit funky. I don't see a reason to release a scri- a comic book that was scripted a very long time ago now that has no context for now. 
I don't get it. It feels like a cash grab. I don't like comics like this. I think Marvel should either pay Neil Gaiman what he's owed to come back to this um, and do it or don't. I, I don't get it. It's weird. I feel like it, you, you say you don't like the how this is like an old book that hasn't been rewritten and it's now released. I felt it felt very modern still. Really? I did. Yeah. Like yeah. like the same way I think Sandman holds up, you know? Um, the same way I think like early Hellblazer holds up. Um, it's wild to think that that's what, 30 plus years ago, those books. But um, in my head, it still feels modern to me. It didn't feel dated. Maybe that's I don't know that feeling. it felt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maybe I don't know that it felt modern. Maybe it's the inverse that I felt. Yeah. Because the uh, the uh, World Trade Center references really threw yeah, me I back. Like, I was like, oh, you knocked down the, you knocked down the Twin Towers. I was like, what? <laughs> Come again? Yeah. Uh, but it was nice, feels... nice to see in that world, uh, 2003, they were still up. So I guess that's that's a positive. No terrorism in Miracle Man's world. Um, but I did like the creepiness of it. Like when Miracle Man's like, oh, no, I control all the decision making. I was like, ooh, ooh, I don't like that. I was talking about the the sexual creepiness. I only got the one the one bit. There was more. I mean, the all bit it takes the... is one. I thought that shit was creepy. <laughs> yeah, I think. But like that's that's what I understand Miracle Man to be is be a little creepy. Uh, like underneath the surface of it it's like this veneer of of golden age comics and underneath it is like something's up something's wrong um and and, and that an was omnibus. that yeah. was alan moore's whole deal with his book yeah yeah it was that's a, you know exactly what he wanted to do so don't you mean the original writer that's that's what they that's what marvel credits him as i, I believe in the uh the reprints no oh. Wow, that's wild. Uh, all right. So that's it for our book reviews this week. And normally we would go right into uh, Comics Tag, which is our portion of the show where we, uh, where one of us gets tagged to read a, a book and then comes back the following week to tell us what they thought about it. Unfortunately, for the third week in a row, Marco is not here, and he's the tagged one. So we cannot uh, we cannot do this segment. That's the police going after him. <laughs> uh, on the stream is a milk carton with Marco missing on it. This is for the audio listeners and for the delay for Kale and John. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's that's the long and short of that. He'll be back presumably next week to talk about uh, New Avengers, the first four issues of Brian Michael Bendis. David Finch's new Avengers run. You well, now he's got to do two volumes, more. right? <laughs> he should just read the first volume at this point. Yes. Yeah. Six, or the first the first trade, rather. First volume. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Breakout, I think it's the whole yeah. trade is called. Yeah. It's totally and, not like Marco was available on our normal schedule, normally scheduled time of Thursdays, and uh, I made things complicated. But, you know. It's, I, listen, I made them complicated. I got to go watch he, Black Adam. He gets paid for this. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's not work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, true, true. I show up. And, hey, by the way, we're punishing the guy with a good time. Like, we, we sung the praises <laughs> of New Avengers last week, so we won't get into that again. But it's yeah. really good. So, Like, if I tag Sean with uh, Alan Moore's uh, Miracle Man uh, and he doesn't show up the, for, his, for, for his week, I, I'd get it. I'd be absent. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I would something it, would yeah. happen. Yeah. Um. So that leaves Palace Pulse. This is the segment where we tell you guys the books that we individually are looking forward to that are dropping next week. Before we get into that, though, leave us a comment and let us know what your pull of the week was, or what you think the listener pick should be next week. If there's a book that you want us to talk about next week, uh, leave us a comment and let us know what that is. So, uh, Sean, you're uh, you're continuing your your delve into action comics. With action comics uh, number one thousand and forty eight. Dude, I I was knocked on my ass 
by uh, 47. Okay. I, I thought it was really, really, really good. Philip Kennedy Johnson showed me that he understands Superman um, in, in pages. And I've read much longer installments from other creators where I didn't really feel like they quite had a grasp, at least for me, at least for me to find my way to Superman. So I, I can't wait to read more of this. I, I'm, I'm very excited, and I can't wait to go back and read the Mongol saga. Ooh, it's got another, uh, got another uh, scrunched up grandpa face on this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cover, yeah, those covers there's something a little wrong with them. It's a little, a little weird. Looking like Babe Ruth. Is it uh, who does the really like uh, idealized? paintings norman norman rockwell rockwell his um his old people are re- uh, you know they're wrinkled <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah. like i mean like really wrinkled that's what these look like all right so sean uh you also wanted to check out um previously mentioned uh the riddler year one this is written by paul dano with uh steven subic on art with a nice Bill Sienkiewicz cover on there. You know, when this book was announced, I was like, oh, God, really? This is what we're doing? <laughs> um, but I actually read an interview recently with Paul Dano, and he talked about the Riddler character and what he hoped to bring to this comic, and I actually got pretty excited. Uh, he talked about exploring the psychology of what would lead a, a person to go to the extreme that the Riddler does. And I like that as a juxtaposition of Batman year one, where you explore what would give a person, what would make a person go to the extremes that Batman does. I almost, well, I don't know. I was going to say I would almost prefer a year one to a one bad day for some of these characters. Um, But short of that, I'm really excited to see what Dano has to say about the film version of the Riddler. Uh, with more space and, and context. Just an incels origin. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I uh, wanted to check out Exterminators, number two, coming out next week. I was mm. a big fan of the first one. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see uh, where, where it goes. And a, a double pick for the next one, and a, a first for the show, I would say. Oh, oh hold on, hold on. Before, so what, before what, we're off what, of... Uh, exterminators um if you have the chance go listen to the decompressed podcast uh kieran gillen's uh interview with leah williams about exterminators it's it's very good okay cool um but kale and i want to check out a new star trek number one. Oh come on yeah so this is uh by uh colin kelly and jackson lansing with the ramon rosanas on art um ramon rosanas did the uh I believe the Nick Spencer Ant Man series, if that uh, that rings a bell. I believe uh, Kitty, uh, not Kitty, um, uh, Hawkeye also was was in there as well. Um, Kate Bishop, man, Kate Bishop, yes, Kate Bishop's Hawkeye. I think that he did that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting team. It's what Data, uh, uh, Doctor Crusher, and Cisco as the captain of this one. And Cisco's back. He's done doing his religious space stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at the end of Deep Space Nine, he he <laughs> goes off into <laughs> heaven or whatever. Um, and because the whole the whole premise of the show is like he's uh, he's put on the space station DS Nine, and he ends up being like the emissary of the prophets, who the Bajorans see as the gods of like the wormhole that the space station is uh sean's glazing sitting over. <laughs> in front of no yeah. i was actually fascinated i oh, love really? deep okay. space nine but i i, oh, I, I never finished it i never I, I i i love i probably shouldn't say that strong i started it and i thought it was so awesome and i used to watch it as a kid with my uncle but i never like finished it so while kale was saying he went to heaven and stuff i was listening intently because i thought it was interesting Bro, get get through it like legitimately i uh, there was a point where i thought it was the worst one now it's probably my favorite wow 
so uh so the fact that like for me the selling point here is cisco's back like if this didn't have a team that i know is all about star trek uh, I probably wouldn't care. Mm. <laughs> like uh, the, they sold me on Cisco's back, so I'm let's fucking go. Nice. Um, this is the the first book in the uh, I guess relaunching of IDW's Star Trek series of books. They're doing a couple of new books. Um, yeah, there's a Defiant book coming out by oh. Christopher Cantwell that has the craziest lineup. It is uh, it's Worf lore. Old oh. Spock and uh, Ensign Rowe after she joined she, – she, she joined the Maquis, right? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. goes off as a, uh, a a mole for Starfleet to the to the Maquis, yeah. Uh, it's like ponytailed wharf, like, ugh. And Cantwell – Cantwell's one of those guys I follow this stuff. So, like, I'm kind of excited for where these, like, Star Trek post the TV shows yeah. from, like, the 90s uh, and what those comics are doing. I'm, I'm pretty interested. Uh, and that that was okay. the only pick for Kale. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's Pals Pulls. Uh, let us know if you're excited about what books you're excited about next week, and if there is a book you would like us to review, um, you can submit that anywhere. There's a comment section, uh, including our email, thecomicspals@gmail.com, which still functions, right? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it still works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can get us on social at the comics pals <laughs> youtube.com slash the comics pals you can drop us a comment if you're watching this video there uh, if you're on twitch you can leave us a comment right now and let us know what you think we should review next week um thank you guys for listening make sure that you tune into this show live on twitch.tv slash the comics pals every single thursday at 6 p.m eastern saturdays at 10 15 a.m eastern for the main show um Patreon.com slash the comics pals. Support your boys for as little as three dollars a month. Get some more cool content from us uh from over there. And uh and that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. For Tyler and Kale, I'm Sean saying take care, guys. See you next week.